Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scoogie Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 447 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on time on this Friday, the 26th of May uh, at 11, uh, 2200 hours uh, p.m. Pacific time, left coast, coast with the most. I don't know why I always say p.m. after I'm doing 24-hour time. But anyway, uh, uh, Crack Engineer, Wapow, Ivor Molina, Zombie Molina, over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Hello, Ivor. Good to see you. You're fired. Mmm. Mmm. That would, of course, make it for our... Would of course make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2020. I almost said 2022. Jesus, 2023, 05, 26, 2300 hours. Oh shit. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was 11.07. Yeah. My, my, our wall clock, thanks to Ivor, is, is eight minutes ahead. So it was, yeah. Anyway. Um, we have a, we have a, a weird melange of a show for you this week. I was gonna try to do, well, anyway. Anyway, we won't talk about what we're going to try to do. 
Let's about what we're going to do. Let's get straight to our top stories. Ivor, you're fired! This just in, breaking news. Crack engineer Ivor Molina of the much-beloved Best Linux Games podcast, entering now almost into its 10th year, uh, was fired today after upsetting uh, Evuncular... <laughs> well, I don't even know what Evuncular means! Tubercular! <laughs> Ah, after upsetting magnificently even-tempered host Scooby Sprite film at 11 of the deranged zombie again trying to take his own life for the infinite time in traffic on the freeway in Las Vegas on the on the 215 because he's got class isn't that right Ivor you got class alright our top stories I am thank god still on my meds it has been eight months. This is the second month in a row that I've been able to be on my meds. It is be- it's a rough transition both ways. My hand is still fucked up. But we have bigger news than that. I've finally appreciated with this most recent purchase one of the final upgrades to my mo- monstrous computer setup now. And it really has just grown out of all scale scope proportion expense and you know, it's just it's ridiculous. But, you know, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Anyway, so I added I have a three monitor setup. I added finally a 32 inch curved monitor to this setup. Many thanks go out to Vigilant Viking who said, who encouraged me um, to to pursue this purchase. I got a uh, it's a Gigabyte. I can't remember what the name of it is, but the brand is Gigabyte just like the motherboards. Uh, Let's see. I got a good deal on it. Relatively good deal. Um, let's see. I'm looking for. Thank you, Ivor. You're fired. This just this shit goes in the rundown. That's why we have our fucking three. Di- like praying to Mecca, we do our show fucking analysis three times a week and three times a day. Twice when we're asleep. Uh, it's a Gigabyte G32QCA, 32 inch, 165 uh, hertz, 140. Uh, 1440p curved gaming monitor um and then there's a lot of stuff following that that I don't understand I'll be honest with you um it's not the world's greatest monitor uh ever but it's my first it's a $300 monitor so that it was the best one that I could afford um on Amazon it's $299.99 but the thing about this is so it's, it's going to sound so fucking pathetic, but it's true. I've never had a gaming monitor. I've never had a 4K monitor. This is not a 4K monitor. I'm not entirely exactly 100% sure on what 4K means really, because I've never owned one. But I can tell you this. This monitor is incredible. And the shameful admission that I have to make is that 
Over the years, I've understood the importance of refresh rate. I mean, any programmer who got who cut his teeth on fucking shit like in curses or anything where you have to redraw the screen constantly understands what the refresh rate means in terms, and especially you know in these days of vertical sync, and then you know you want you know, your 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 frame rate is only as good as your monitor can display it. But for the first time ever in my life, and it sounds weird, but it's true. Um, because I've only had these four monitors. I have four, only three are connected now, because I only I can only do three at a time on the 4090. But all four of them are just, you know, plain Jane. They're the cheapest 27-inch. Uh, I don't even know if they're 27-inch. They're uh Ivor, you're fired! Shit goes in the show notes. Let's see. Asus monitor. I'm looking on my old Amazon. But this has got to be like Oh, seven years ago? Oh, here we go. Yeah, they're 24-inch monitors. Um, and they're, you know, they're just... They were like... They were more... They were... Um, about a third as expensive as this 32-inch monitor, but I got them... 2016! That's seven years ago. Holy shit! What the fuck? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, 2016. No, 2015! Eight years ago! Holy shit! How much did I pay for this? No, 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 I don't want to see how much it is now. I want to see the actual order. Ivor! All right, this is $821. I got a four terabyte... Uh, Western Digital Red, which sucks, hard drive, and two of these monitors. So I'm going to say that... I'm going to say that... Oh, wait, no. Three of these monitors. I ended up giving one away. So, three of these monitors, so that'd be... six. Yeah, so about 200 bucks a piece. I think the Western Digital 4 terabyte back then was around 200, maybe 250. Plus or minus, you know, whatever. So, this 32-inch monitor... It is fucking incredible. It is so much easier on my eyes. And when you jump into video games... Oh my god! And this sucker isn't even 4K. What I, I did have a moment of... A brief pang of buyer's regret on the third day after this monitor showed up and I had really had time to soak in the experience of working with it. It's, it's my center monitor, which ironically didn't used to be my main monitor. My main monitor used to be the monitor on my far left. But uh, now it's this guy, and he's dead center because it's the only place I can mount. He's vase mountable. Um, you know, he's 300 bucks. It is such a profound difference. If I had more space... I'm Not even more space. I'm seriously considering getting... If I, you know, if I ever get my hands on a dollar again, of I might go monitor crazy and get another bigger one if I can find one that's in 4K. I don't know if they make 4K monitors that are bigger than 32 inches. I don't like I said. I don't really understand what 4K actually means. Like it's just kind of you know, I, I could look it up, but I you know whatever. I don't know why I'm babbling to you about this on the show. 
The bottom line is, this monitor is fucking incredible. And it's the first time that I've ever in my entire life had the opportunity to experience what a higher refresh rate, because I have these two other monitors that are lowly monitors, older monitors. I was just about to clear them. Um, And then I have this motherfucker in the middle, and... I got, and I know for a fact that my computer is capable of pushing infinite fucking pixels and process, you know, I mean, literally. So, how often do you ever have this opportunity where you can really viscerally, right in front of your face, see the difference between um, the monitor's refresh rate and the actual sheer screen resolution, I did update my fucking, it, it's, it's been a trip, like, and it's so immersive, but the best part is working on it. Oh my god, it's so good, it's so much easier on the eyes. And I've been, I've been busting my ass, I went fucking broke last weekend, and, uh, I had to, anyway, I had to do some, I had to pick up some work really quickly, and so I, it was a brutal week, but, um, Man, this fucking gigabyte. If you've never worked, spent like three days working on a, a large, you know, 32 inch or above. And you, it, the crazy thing is, here's what's nuts. I was looking at these. You got to do it. I mean, especially if you spend a lot of time in front of a computer. Please, for the love of God. So, uh, the, uh, they make another. Uh, what do you call it? V- variant variety. They make a so it's called the Eoris. It's also by Gigabyte. It's 32 inch 4K. I don't know what that means, but 140. Yeah, oh, one millisecond response. Eh, it's still not that great. That's 700 bucks. But there's better ones you can get because all these monitors are have come way down in price now, and they're actually affordable. So what I'm thinking of doing is getting an even bigger monitor than this, making this monitor my left monitor, and putting the bigger monitor in the middle, because I got two uh, poles for vase amounts on my glass desk, where here in the the studio in the Fortress of Darkness in Las Vegas, Nevada. Gaming on this is... uh, You know, playing Meet Your Maker was just jaw-dropping. And you can also... Most games now have some form of large monitor support where you can actually increase... If it's a first-person, you know, whatever, you can increase the field of view. And that was just amazing, too. But really getting to see how frame rate and refresh rate are... You know, these are things that you know intellectually, but until you get the gestalt of experiencing them... It was it, it was very 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 informative, um, and my god, I love this fucking monitor. And they make um uh, uh they make uh I'm just looking at the gigabyte thing here because it's so much it's it's right in front of me and it's easy to just click. Um, for another eighty bucks, I could have gotten thirty four inches. Yeah, and then everything after that, you know, so 30, not another 34 inches. I could have gotten 34 instead of 32. I got 32. But anyway, yeah, they, they, even like the enormous fucking ones, this is a 48 inch, it's not curved, but it's a 48 inch. That's like as, almost as big as my TV. I don't know where I would put this. 
because like at that point, like it's it's too close to you. You gotta have that away from you. Anyway, I'm going. I, I need bifocals now. Yes, yes, friends and neighbors, your old pal Scoogie Sprite. Although he might seem forever eternally young, blessed with infinite wit and wisdom and charm, an enduring, indomitable spirit. I'm getting fucking old, guys. I'm fucking old. I'm old as dirt, and everything's falling apart on on. Uh, this, you know, this, this hunk of junk. She's a fat, she's the slowest hunk of junk in the galaxy. See, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking at getting, ah, how's that for a, a, a joke? I'm looking at getting bifocals. Sounds like a chat GPT joke. But yeah, so that's depressing as the icy hand of my inevitable mortality grows ever closer with a, each passing seemingly gone before I can taste it. Second, like snow on your tongue. That's what it is to be old, my friends. So anyway, we have a bunch of games that we're going to talk about this week. I know we're going to get back to our normal format. I thought this week we were going to have a, our normal format, you know, with a bunch of games and then a feature and then, you know, a let's say goodbye song at the end and then, you know, the big circle jerk and then I go and fuck every one of your girlfriends um, at the bar. And, you know, they're, they're just, they, they line up outside the bar. They wait for me to go into the bar. And that's when, you know, my handlers start picking and choosing. I'm kidding, of course. I'm sure that all of your girlfriends and loved ones, girlfriends, boyfriends, and other assorted loved ones, including your mom, even if she's dead, are faithful to you. Um, and do not fuck me at the bar. Because no one fucks me at the bar. Or here. Oh God! What's happened to my life? No. Oh, so, back to our top stories. I'm sorry. I've been watching way too much. Some more news. I'm wearing a Warmbow T-shirt as we speak. If you don't know about Warmbow, one day you will. So the new monitor is awesome. Now let's get straight to actually the Linux gaming stuff. We don't have a big crop of great games for you this week, but. It was last night that I came up with what I thought I could execute as this week's feature. And I'm going to tease it for you right now. Next week's feature is going... The next next week's episode is going to be called and, you know, the feature of it is going to be called Revealing Microsoft's Legitimate Evil Plan for Global Domination. I know that sounds crazy in a time of COVID and COVID conspiracies and all these conspiracy theories and everything. I will just tease tease it for you by saying this. The difference between a strategy and a conspiracy theory is enormous. One is based off of supposition, happenstance, and motivated reasoning and delusion. In terms of, I hate the way we talk about conspiracy theories these days because what what we what we've called what the media has called conspiracy theories for the last fucking four and a half five years. There's that's not the word for what they've been broadcasting. Like literally, when you know, like CNN breaking news, you know, Pinhead's brother cancels trip. You know, that's that's a 
anyone gets that reference, I almost said, hit me up on Twitter and I will give you a game of your choice, but I don't have a Twitter anymore. Because Elon Musk banned me. Um, but anyway, what, what, the last, f- conspiracy theories in the, like, classical 70s and 60s, you know, John Bircher, the Birchers and everything, you know, the whole right-wing conspiracy theory sect, and then the, the subsequent post-JFK assassination left-wing conspiracy, quote-unquote conspiracy set. Those those are actual theories. Like, I mean, JFK, you know, what the fuck? And then, like, you, you go into it, and there's, like, all this shit. It leads in all these different directions. And you can count, you think counterfactually or whatever, which I hate. Um, or you, but ultimately, like, unless you're crazy, I seriously think, unless you're crazy, you, you can't look at, like, something like the JFK assassination... And not, and especially everything that surrounded it. I mean, the Titanic political forces and the just the, everything weird. There's so much shit that wasn't just like, you know, a little unorthodox. There's so much shit that, like, fucking, oh, Oswald gets killed by Jack Ruby on TV? Are you fucking, what the fuck are we, you know, anyway, so. Uh, but I, I don't want to go. So there's lots of way- So you can't look at the JFK assassination and not see that there's something that we don't understand about what happened with JFK. And there are many hypotheses for that. Many of them are based in absolute factual, concrete fucking reality. But it's all about where you draw the line. So for me, the difference between conspiracy theories and a strategy. is kind of tenuous and it's been made, it's been so damaged over the last you know, five or six years where the media has reported on Pinhead Brother Pinhead's brother cancels trip because you know, CRT is you know, making our kids gay or whatever and then they'll call that like a conspiracy theory that's not a conspiracy theory that's a lie. A conspiracy theory is where you have actual pieces of evidence that you and connections that actually link the evidence. To, you know, you have to have, and it's not just about who benefits. I mean, if you know, you can go down so many blind alleys, and, and people think that you're nuts when you say we don't know what happened at the JFK assassination. Meanwhile, we've given the same credence to JFK assassination we give to the JFK assassination as we gave to January 6th, which was a fucking attempt to not just an overthrow an election, but to destroy American democracy that happened live on TV, incited by the man of, I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, you how, how, so by 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 the last six years, you know, instead of saying, well, yeah, he's spouting lies and he's lying and this guy is lying and that guy is also lying because we know that they know that they are lying. You know, I blame the New York Times for this. I'm very, I don't want to go into my criticism of the media too much, but the thing is, they've diluted 
by not calling things that are obvious lies, provable fucking lies, by not calling them lies and instead couching them in the more polite and, uh, what do you call it? Um, softball. Like, the, not just polite, but, you know, um, handling, handling these claims with fucking mother may I kid gloves. The likes of which they've never handled anything else. They have completely just, they've only helped, and I mean this across the board, all the ma major cable news outlets, all of the major print newspapers, except for the LA Times. The LA Times generally is pretty good, and the New York Times is okay, but the New York Times, everyone else followed the 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 uh, the leader of the New York Times when they were like, no, we're not going to call out Trump for every one of his lies, because we don't know what's in his mind. Well, you can deduce. You can deduce. You can deduce. You just made me stutter. You can deduce with pretty fucking hundred percent certainty that the most powerful man in the fucking world has access to real information and knows that he's fucking lying when he's lying. And if you're saying that he because he doesn't know that he's lying when he lies, that you can't call it a lie. That means you're enabling an enfeebled insane person who has control of the nuclear codes and the biggest microphone in the world and that's how you get January 6th anyway my point is this I saw last night the full picture of Microsoft's plan and it is bleak my friends and neighbors it is bleak what I saw the first seeds of at Linux Fest Northwest like fucking six years ago, seven years ago. Jesus, thousand lifetimes ago. Has blossomed and become something truly terrifying. And we will talk all about that next week. And I'm gonna go through it blow by blow. And you know, we're all technic we're all technically sound aware individuals here. Well, some of us are. I don't know about myself, but I'm sure that some of you, you know, I, I'm, I'm just here to close my eyes and let Jesus take the wheel. And you guys, since I'm an atheist, are Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're It is some crazy shit, but I have to do some more work on mapping it out because it's, it's going to be a, quite a speech. Now, in our remaining 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the show, Let's just talk about some new some games that came out this week. And none of them are really that great except for our feature, which is going to be like the shortest feature we've ever run. So first off, first person shooter, retro first person shooter, bolt gun. Oh, excuse me. Warhammer 40,000 bolt gun was released this week. It everyone loves it. Um, it does run on Linux. I, I've tested it. I bought it. I tested it. I'm not wild about the game. It doesn't... It's like those old days um, with the Media Foundation bug with Proton... Before Proton. But it's like that with Proton. So there's no cutscenes. It just shows like the blank color test bars and the performance isn't that great. 
I'm waiting for them to push a couple of patches to it. I got other games to play. But it does look like a lot of fun if you like 90s style, you know, Apogee era, Duke Nukem 3D era, um, Rise of the Triad era. Who developed Rise of the Triad? Hello. I can't remember who developed. Was that? That was not. Ivor, you're fired! Anyway, if you like those type of games, this this looks like it's right up your alley, especially if you like the Warhammer 40,000 universe, which I can take or leave, but I have come to enjoy very much in the video game form over the last, like, four years. They've made a couple of really good games that I enjoyed. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that that'll get patched. Also, not a new game, but a game that we've talked about many times over the last, like, four weeks. It seems like we've talked about it. I hope we have. If we haven't, I'll have to go back and look. Ivor, you're fired! Go back and look! And then clean out your fucking alcove! I don't, I don't have a room. I have an alcove. Then go to your alcove! Is Meet Your Maker the unbelievably fun build a death trap everyone plays a death trap economy of death build and defeat other people's death traps in a frantic scramble for post-apocalyptic limited genetic resources that we all so know and love and babies cry for it um Meteor Maker is having a really troublesome crisis of conscience it seems in terms of the way they want to proceed with the game's uh, life cycle the game is tenu- like I just mentioned it's tenuously balanced it, it's perfectly balanced I thought on you build de- a death trap you have to keep your death trap funded and it can be an elaborate death trap it can be whatever the fuck you want it to be the goal is always the same it's an outpost they call it an outpost and then other people will raid your outpost and then you have like 18 hours and then you have to refill the outpost and you can do that 10 times so about your outpost has a lifespan of around 10 days well they started fucking with the matchmaking system about 4 days ago and it is it's fucked it's really fucked up and maybe this we'll save that for our feature this week well yeah yeah. I was going to call this week's episode come on do you want to live forever but we'll save meet your maker well no fuck it we'll do it right now fuck it don't worry Ivor you don't need to throw in a bumper I'm a mess I'm sorry I'm sorry the show's gone off the rails so in meet your maker the idea is you are both a raider of outposts and a builder of outposts and you can have as many outposts as you can afford to buy and, you know, keep running as outposts as you raid. Because the more outposts that you raid and complete, you get the resources that are needed to fund your own outpost. This creates a virtuous cycle of death. The whole game is built around this idea that when you die, it doesn't fucking matter because you're already a clone. So... You have infinite lives, but every time you die, you give a little more um, points to someone else, which is cool. And then you also 
give points to them. You have the opportunity, if you wish, once you complete or abandon an outpost, if an outpost is too hard, or it just seems cheap and mean, I abandon the run after my first death. I'm like, okay, yeah, that doesn't look like fun. Fuck it. And I don't give them any accolades. You can give each outpost you raid up to two accolades. And the accolades, and there are four accolades to choose from. uh, Artistic, fun, uh, brutal, ingenious, and artistic, in that order. So much. I played this game. I played 80 hours of this game. <laughs> well, my first outpost, I, I abandoned it. The first one that I built. And that's the other side of the game coin. You have the raider aspect of the game where you can also you can use the same currencies that you use to buy new land for new outposts. These are not contiguous places. These are just like pockets that exist in space and time on the matchmaking back end. You can use those same resource points and currencies that you get from successfully... You have to get in. You have to get to the object. It's, just, it's pure Indiana Jones. You have, to get, you have to get to the temple, get your way through the temple, get the golden idol, get the fuck out without getting killed. If you die, you're dead. You start again. At the very, everything resets to the very start of the outpost. Is it makes it very high stakes and keeps your interest and makes every move you make and every ingenious twist of the knife in terms of trap combinations and everything that the or artistic you know magnificence that that the outpost builder who's also called the custodian which is your name both as a raider and as a builder you are the custodian. Because you don't just, you're not just the custodian of your outposts, you're the custodian of your chimera. But we won't go into the whole fucking lore of the game. But I'm like, is this? You can upgrade lots, you can buy new traps. You can, once you buy them, it's like they're unlocked forever. You don't have to actually buy them. But you do have to spend points, build points, uh, per build. It, it's, it's a very fair system, very, um, what do you call it? Uh, it allows for tons of freedom, create both creative and trap wise and artistically. Once you have a, once you buy your first outpost, you're gonna have a, you can spend endless hours building that outpost and adding tons of traps and stuff. But you have to do have to buy, you do have to unlock the individual traps, and then each trap also has, but somewhere between four and eight different types of upgrades that can selectively be applied to each instance of a trap but you have to unlock those you have to so you have to spend 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 and everything is really expensive and you also have guards who work on the same system as traps but guards are you know uh, kind of a different animal pun intended and then you have suit upgrades and these apply to when y- you are raiding other outposts um, and they have, there are two different types of suits that you can unlock. Each one has like nine upgrade things that you can do to them. And then you have your weapons and equipment. And those each have to be unlocked. And then they have um, various different specific skill based. But all of this runs off the same currency. Point is this. I can raid your outpost right now. 
I can't read your specific outpost though. Unless you send me like a social link or something, blah. I can read your outpost right now. It might take me, let's say it's a super fucking elaborate, unbelievably hard level 10 outpost. Level 10 outpost means that they have 20 hours before that outpost is gone forever. Because level every time you prestige an outpost, every 20 hours in order to keep your outpost on the matchmaking list, you have to prestige it, which means re- it's just like, you know, in uh, Modern uh, Warfare um, 3, I think, or 2. That was a great game, whichever game I'm thinking of. Hmm. You have to prestige your outpost, meaning you refill it with another golden idol. And the cost of prestige rises by like 200 resource points. It's called Synthite. Every time you prestige. Every time you prestige, though, you also get more build points to spend on making it even, making your outpost even deadlier. If your outpost is really good from level one, because like you've built numerous outposts before, and you know, and you've played, you're only as good as you, the great thing about this game is, is this balance on this razor edge of everyone knows every trick. Every, that that's like, you know, the mentality of the custodian as a raider. And then on the flip side of it, Every custodian knows every fucking trick a raider would look for. So, because you play both sides, and it's so great because the build system is is flawless. I mean, it's one of the easiest, most fluid and flexible build systems ever. And the traps and combinations, and, and just when you like a couple nights ago, I, I was playing for like three and a half hours. I was just raiding to get currency just three hours of constant rating so it takes me generally unless you've built like a masterpiece death trap of an outpost um, and it's fun because like if, it, if it's just brutal and it sucks I'm going to quit after my third death or whatever and I'm going to I'm going to send your outpost into oblivion I'm going to excise it from my list and it'll be replaced immediately with someone else's outpost of that same rank so it takes me, on average, somewhere between three and ten minutes to raid a fairly complicated outpost, and that's doing it carefully. It can take up to 30 minutes to 45 if I like it and it's really, really difficult. If I, But if I like it enough and it's clever enough to keep me interested in playing it, I can... I can... I'll spend infinite deaths there, even though that's giving you... Each death gives you more resources, but it doesn't take anything from me. And that's, like, kind of the whole idea of, like, the whole accolade system, because the accolades frequently are worth just as much, or if not more than the number of people you kill. Because what I see when I look at any of my outposts that are running, I see my K to D ratio. I see the number of people who, since I last logged on, attempted to raid my outpost. I see the exact number of people who have attempted to raid it as a plus two next to the number of people who've 
rated it all time. Then underneath that number, I see the number, the, the number of deaths that have been added to the outpost since I last logged in as a plus or just no number if everyone got away next to the all-time total number of people who've been killed in my outpost. These are valuable stats because they allow you to... And then you can watch the replays of everyone who plays your outpost. You can watch them either in the first person or third person if you wish, and you can fast forward and rewind and see where things are going right and where they're going wrong. Then you have to collect the actual stuff that the corpses drop in your outpost in like a limbo state. It's like the build state. And you have to fly through there and, and actually pick pick all the stuff up. And they have these death totems next to them that refresh at every update. And so they're all wiped away. And then underneath that, underneath the number of deaths that uh, the kills that my outpost has gone, underneath that is my favorite number. It is the lethality. So you take the number of raiders all time who've attempted to raid your outpost and the number of deaths, and that gives you an exact number. How many times do you kill, on average, a raider who comes to your outpost? How It's the rawest form of data. How efficacious is your death trap at fooling everyone? The more raiders, generally speaking, the lower your lethality will be. My first couple of, ma- first couple of outposts that I built, a lethality of like one point of one was great. My by my third outpost, I needed a lethality of like 1.6 to feel really good. And then on my latest outpost, which I spent probably 15 fucking hours building and considering and tweaking and aesthetically making glorious and you know with all these deceptive little things, it's actually a, a simulacrum of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Hovito's Temple from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but it's in this game, and it's recognizably and aesthetically a tribute to that, and it has some interesting twists and turns, and I spent a lot of time thinking about it, and a ton of time working on it. Most of the time that you spend working on the maps isn't about like trying to accomplish something that's technically difficult. Everything is very simple. It's just getting in your head what you want to have happen, and then you know, working with it, and the more you work with it and the more you raid, the better you are at coming up with combinations of your own or twists on other people's combinations. And, you know, blah, and you come up with your own aesthetic and your own evil style. And the whole... So, m- my point here is, I know, we're, I guess we're saying fuck it for the rest of the show. Uh, we'll come back to this l- b- before we... Before we run out of time, let me just get to the other um, Oh wait, there is no Well, I mean, I was going to talk about Ghost Lore some more, because I, I really liked it and I was going to talk about Above Snakes, which I really liked until I start to really not like and I was going to tell you how Undisputed has added like three new fighters and fucking five new arenas and they revamped the AI and that is now 
an unfucking believably good boxing game. Um, it's the best boxing game I've ever played. At this point, like it's, like it is undisputedly fan fucking tastic, and I love that they keep improving it. Um, and I was going to talk about multi GP. Oh, and the title of this episode was supposed to be, "Do you want to live forever?" Because Starship Troopers, and I'm just banging through like the entire rest of the show, so we can revisit my fucking. Ra- Are you tired of hearing about Meet Your Maker? I hope not. Because uh, we're going to come back to it. <laughs> you can turn this off right now uh, if you don't want to hear any more about me or Maker. But there's some interesting stuff that like kind of applies to all of gaming. We'll get to that in a moment. But Starship Troopers Extermination, which is a 16-player first-person co-op shooter that is exactly the fucking Starship Troopers movie, runs on Linux. It's an early access and it does have easy anti-cheat, but it let me match make. And it's fun. It's fun. It's a, I mean, you know, they know fear! Yeah, you fucking Doogie Hauser dressed up like a fucking Nazi psychic. Goddamn fat. I'm from Buenos Aires and I'm here to kick ass! Oh, God, who was that chick in that movie? I wanted to fuck the living shit out of her. Because I was seven, I was like 16 or 17 when that movie came out. I was exactly the same age as the kids. And Michael Ironsides as the history prof. You want to live forever? Holy shit. This game is exactly like that movie, but it's 16 of you and you... It is mindless blast-em multiplayer shit. And the cool thing is each map has randomly generated objectives. So there's more replay ability to it than... Uh, and it's, it's also just... It's, it's, it's glorious. It's mind-numbingly glorious. It, the performance is a little janky, but my impression is that that's not from it running on Linux. That's just because it's in early access. A lot of people have said... I went and looked at the reviews and I asked someone, because, uh, you know, we're fighting all these... Fi- 16 of us. Like, hey, any of you guys, what's the performance like for you guys? You know, blah. And <laughs> so I'm like, ah, you know, when there's a big horde, it fucking gets a little janky. And there's some physics weirdness, but it is fun to play. And if you like Starship Troopers, and you always wanted them to make a fucking video game out of it, they have. And it is coming. It's available now. Early access. It's uh, but also I have to tell you, big caveat about this, about Starship Troopers Extermination. It's twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents, and it runs right now in early access. But it it is EAC backed, and so just like I don't I don't want to recommend anyone into another Marauder situation where you know, they change the fucking game after, you know, you've logged 20 hours in it or whatever and you can't get a refund. Fuck you, Marauders! Fuck you! You're my favorite game that could have been. And I tried Marauders again this week for the first time in a while. Guess what? Still EAC block. Once again, let me remind you all that I might not always be right about everything, but I am very, very infrequently wrong. What did I say when everyone was like, oh yeah, yes, he's a thing in the past. I'll believe it when I see it. So yeah, so if if you're concerned, and 24 bucks is not an insignificant amount of money to spend on a video game these days, especially probably with, um, have we even had the spring sale yet? And then the summer sale, and everyone's, you know, Everyone's fucking broke because we're all getting raped by a goddamn grocery store and everybody else every fucking which way. We can't 
We can't. I can't seem to avoid the. As as a much younger Scooby Sprite once said in two thousand one, in chat. Oh my God, there were so many dicks, so many dicks. They were in my eyes. <laughs> we got gang fucked. That was in Counter Strike, which I do not play anymore, and was better at than any of you ever can imagine um and I have proof of it too but uh what was I talking about Starship Troopers 25 bucks it runs now and it's 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 a blast it's just a blast I only got to play one round cause right before I sat down to record this but anyway so that concludes next week is Microsoft Microsoft's evil plan and so now back to more meet your maker ranting because this is a very it's it's a kind of a uh, what do you call it um, a teachable moment so they spent all this time making this game where anyone can spend infinite amount of time building an outpost refining it tuning it making it perfect both aesthetically as well as psychologically as well as deadly in terms of manipulating attention, time, focus, and movement of raiders because that's what it's all about It's it's a, the whole game is just no, about learning how to fuck with other people as you learn how to fuck with other people you know the more you raid, the better you the better you get at building. The more you build, the better you are. Not necessarily the better you are at raiding, and not necessarily the better you are at building, but the more patterns you can instantly pick up. The more both you do at a high level, or even a moderate level, which can be so fast. The game is so fast. It's great. All of it is around death. The more, the better you get at one one aspect of the game, the better you get at the other, and it's a good division of time too, because generally you can't afford to run more than one outpost at a time. Now, remember, the second you turn your outpost, to, you can turn your outpost off anytime you want, and you can flip it back on. There's no penalty for doing that. But in order for it to be played, it has to be on. And that means you're burning time because every time, every second you're output, you only have 20 hours before you have to prestige that outpost, which means paying basically the same cost as you originally paid plus 200 in perpetuity up to 10 times. That means you have 200 hours of your outpost available and playable by other people. After then, there is no afterlife for your outpost. Once you hit prestige level 10, you can make it available for social raids. I don't know what that even means, but it's not in the matchmaking pool anymore. So the idea here is, as you get better and better at building your outposts, which is the sheer fun of it, because you want to show how clever you are, right? Like, I mean, I want to, I want to, because like anyone can overcome 
you know, a moderately constructed outpost if they're a skilled enough raider. If it, I rely almost solely, yeah, I go half and half. I have two approaches as a, as a raider. I'm either exceedingly cautious or gen- more often than not, I am not stopping. I am speed running your shit. And I'm going to make you look like a joke. All of your shit is bullshit in comparison to how fast I can imme- first sight immediately. Bam, bam, bam. I'm analyzing 50 different things while I'm flying through the air and shooting motherfuckers in the face. And I'm already looking at the next thing and that's the first two seconds of me setting foot in your outpost. It is incredibly exciting because it's always something different and it's what makes the game so great. And so the game is built off of this idea of the economy of death. Every time I die, it gives you something, but every time I die, I learn something about your outpost. You know, and once if I if I if I decide that I completely hate your outpost, if I hold down the Y button when I after I abandon my run and I go back to looking at the outposts that are available, and I hold down the Y button, I will never see your outpost again. By the same token, though, if your outpost goes past if it reaches its final 20 hours at level 10 prestige I, I will never see your outpost again nor will anyone else unless you know I, I try to make mine available in a social thing but it doesn't give you stats for those and I don't even know how to access other people's social outposts or whatever but they can't ever come back you can't prestige above level 10 so you have 200 hours so the idea here would be once you get the hang of the game and, and can build and, and really know, have some good ideas for building stuff and can really build them um, which you can do from the very start you can, you know, you can build a very, very, very very, very effective death trap that's merciless and will kill as many you know, I'm level like 30 fucking 8, I've seen guys who are like level, I think I've seen people who are level 120 get killed in my death traps these are fucking they've forgotten more about this game than I've ever seen and I will ever see so the idea is that there's no barrier to entry on either side granted raiders do eventually have the advantage once they have upgraded and unlocked all of their equipment and subsequently they also the major major elite players have a really big advantage because they have unlocked all the traps and all the guards and all of the perk all the upgrades for all of them which just means more variety that's all it means and the guys behind meet your maker were pushing out every three weeks post release every two weeks post release a new feature but then these then this last week they started to get into rebalancing the game and they fucked up this game very badly and I don't mean rebalancing it from an equipment or um, nerfing perspective although they did do some minor nerfing nowhere near enough on the thing the, the main thing that I think that they really do need to nerf but it doesn't matter it's all whatever this is all part of having a game that is expertly developed and essentially released to the community the role of the developers is no longer 
to husband the game through the development balancing process it's more to improve the game continuously at a reasonable pace that provides more value to uh, new players and old players alike without unbalancing it towards new or old overtly here's what they've done Oh, yeah, so back to my main thing here. Yeah, I'm getting drunk, man. Back to my main thing here. So, as a raider, I can burn through your fucking outpost that took you 20 hours to build before you even debuted at level one, which is a ridiculous amount of time. Just fucking throw some shit in there and a bunch of death traps and then, you know, open it up and see how good you do. That's how you build your first outpost. But by the time you're ready to build your third outpost you know a lot of nasty shit and how to do and you have a lot of capabilities at that point in terms of as a builder in terms of the traps you the types and types of traps and the types of modifications you can add to those traps individually and the combinations in which you can make them work you can make it sing like a clockwork symphony or you can come on them real subtle you can come on them like a like a fucking uh, Wagner like a, a fucking the, uh, the ring cycle you know <laughs> everyone feels the dread when they're going into their into the outpost that they've never been into they're raiding it for the first time because it's like I'm gonna die eventually you can anticipate the mood and confidence you can intimidate you can manipulate you can uh, play mind games with them you can fuck with them or you can simply crush them with everything you have immediately or you can space everything you can build mazes that will numb their fucking minds to the extent that by the time their minds are numb, they realize they cannot get out. <laughs> you can fill rooms with explosives and spikes and 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 Zulu dark gun death and flamethrowers literally every fucking tile in a goddamn room every surface ceiling floor all the walls are fake and there's a million enemies behind them you can totally do that that could be your one room <laughs> you can totally do that game doesn't care um or you know the most fun is to make something really Special, like I, I think I kind of did with my Indiana Jones, my most recent outpost. The idea here being it takes three minutes to beat something for a little bit of profit, whereas it takes 20, you know, it might take you, in all honesty, I probably spent on the Indiana Jones outpost, which is most cosmetically appealing and psychologically manipulative. <laughs> and I put certain restraints on myself because I wanted to make it seem like Indiana Jones. <coughs> um, I probably spent about four hours on the initial build. I did it over the course of a day. It's the same way like I work in Blender, but it's so easy and ridiculously fast and you can you can test it immediately on yourself. 
Um, so I spent about four hours, like, you know, two, you can get a really good outpost done if you're in a rush or whatever and you know what you're doing in like an hour, 40 minutes, maybe. Um, then you refine it after, but then you, you activate it immediately. As soon as like, you know, you're, you're done and you, you, you've spent, you've blown all your skill points and you, you, you got a good idea of, and the game is brilliant at providing a framework that makes that easy to do. Because lots of people get caught up in like, where do I start? Where's the middle? How do I know when I'm done? You know, or whatever. Well, the harvester has to go from the first point to the actual golden idol and has to be able to go from that first point, the depositor, all the way to the golden idol and back again without any fake floors underneath it. So if you follow the harvester and you keep it from getting killed, <laughs> there is no maze that will frustrate you. Unfortunately, that's my job as a custodian, is to frustrate your efforts. I always make very simple, straightforward, very linear. Um, I, like, I, like, I like the Rube Goldberg uh, uh, approach. But you can do huge, open-ended, crazy arenas if you want. Um, where, or you can make... You can hit them all up at the. It's it's so great. There's limitless creativity. So I spent a lot of time actually on this Indiana Jones guy. My f- the first three prestiges. So the first three days, the first sixty hours of it being active, I killed more fucking people than cholera. I was the fucking death plague. It. <laughs> the first the first 20 hours two people um played the map in the first 6 hours they each died 10 times my fucking lethality rating and it still is off the charts it's like a fucking 4.2 that means on average you have to die f- cuz remember you can't die point two, two tenths of a time <laughs> yeah, it's something they teach in sociology, and then they say oh yeah, you know, and our <laughs> inmate, you know our inmate uh, homicide our death due to Im- our, our inmate's death due to violent uh, violent encounters with uh, with guards is 6.2 people per fiscal quarter you can't have like two tenths of a death so anyway my fucking my Indiana Jones map for the first two days or three days was like around six you had to die six times on average and then all of a sudden it stopped matchmaking me I, I didn't get anyone for two days, and then I didn't get anyone. And then I got. Then they then they posted a thing. We're fixing our matchmaking thing. It should all be fixed now. And then I got like five more people. But those two days, that's those two days are priceless. I'm running the map. You know, I'm I'm burning its time. And if you're not matchmaking anyone to my map, because the whole idea of the game is also totally egalitarian. We're all in the same boat. We're all gonna die. You know, you're a raider. 
that's great. I'm a raider too, but I'm also a builder. You're also a builder too. I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. And you're gonna try to fuck me, and we're all gonna have a big fucking hoary, bloody, goddamn insane battle over you know, passive-aggressive fucking battle. And I get to watch you as you fail. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And I'm, con- I'm very conscious that everyone gets to watch it. Everyone who makes a map that I, I, I an outpost that I try to raid is and more than likely, because especially for me, because I, I, I have no compunction. If I really like your map, I will die fucking fifty times, which is an insane number of deaths. But anyway, so it stopped matchmaking. It stopped giving me anyone to play my map, and I thought the game was just dying. And then they posted the thing: "Oh, we fixed the matchmaking." And I got five more people. And meanwhile, you know, the the death trap has evolved, but no one's been playing it, so it's it's not evolved maybe necessarily in the most constructive way or whatever, and it's ripping me off because at the end of the day at the end of the day, I only have 10 days that I can run this map just under well, whatever, to 10 uh, you have to subtract 40 hours from whatever, 240 so I have 200 hours 10 days and then no one's ever going to see this map again so I was really happy when they're like, oh yeah, we're aware that, you know, I was relieved that like because I just thought like maybe no one was playing the game anymore. We're only gonna go 10 more minutes and we're gonna get the fuck out of here. For reals. I mean it. Right, Ivor? You're fired. So this was day before yesterday because I'm on I'm on my I'm on my sixth prestige. I'm I'm at the end of my fifth. I'm gonna prestige right now and go to my sixth. Me, I only have eighty more. I only have four more days before no one will ever see this map again. And I've spent significant amounts of time since the initial four hour or whatever investment. I probably spent another six hours ish, maybe making it even more cool and more impressive. As I as I, as you get you know two hundred more points every time you prestige to do whatever the fuck you want with or do nothing at all with in terms of like the number of traps and shit you can place it's very forgiving it's it's a perfectly balanced limit and then I posted something I saw a, a, a stone last night because I I got those five people right after they posted that announcement and then I've not gone a single person since that was over two days ago and I've kept so I'm I'm burning. Is that forget about like the fact that like it's incredibly expensive to prestige an outpost? It's as expensive to prestige an outpost one time as it is to buy another burial site. And you don't have to have an outpost on a burial site. You don't have to have an active outpost on a burial site. That's how fucking expensive it is to prestige. So like when you're sure and when, you know once you know what you're doing. Um, I had this sinking realization yesterday that what they're doing with the game is they are balanced they're trying to go back on the basic premise of the game that basic premise being just as like when I never did this with IHC when I ran when I built and designed and ran IHC um, I swore I would never do it and I never did it 
four years I ran that. Fucking God damn it. Never went back on the promise I made to myself. The basic promise of meet your maker is yeah. Once you get, you know, towards like the you know, quote unquote end game, like once you have unlocked everything, you've you acquired, you've done enough, so many fucking runs and killed so many people with your, but it's really just runs is the main way of making your synthite, which is what you need for like all the most important stuff. Yeah, there's not much incentive for you to hold back in terms of your death traps. But there's never been any incentive to hold back. In fact, it's the opposite. You cannot hold back. You have to throw everything you can. Maximum lethality. But you also are temper... You know, that raw instinct you just fucking fill a room with uh, plasma generators or whatever, which some people still do. That's fine. I, I get killed. I, I get to that part of their outpost. I get killed in that room. I quit. I, I, I abandon the run. I give them no accolades, which are just as valuable as kills from like the resources you gather passively from an active outpost, more or less. <coughs> and then I hold down the Y button on your map, and it is gone from my list forever. It will never appear there again. That's a great incentive to approach your building of your outposts with a unique cleverness and kind of sense of fairness in a way you don't want to be so cheap you don't want to be the person who's like in a fighting game like you know you're playing his nightmare and you're only doing the same move over and over again and no one can just time it right to get a counterattack in there thinking of like Soul Calibur 4 or whatever um so that counterbalances it because on the other side of it new players who are raiding other people's outposts don't have access to the same type of equipment that I do when I raid other people's outposts. Because I'm like, you know, and, and middle to end, I'm late, late middle. There's no, like, uh, there's a cohesive story, but there's no, like, plot moments. So, you know, the game's meant to go on for forever. And this is what's so distressing to me. Because what I think is happening is the developers, and I don't know if it's been driven by complaints, and I don't think it has been. Because that's the fundamental promise. Doesn't matter whose outpost you're raiding, it doesn't matter how good you are, or how good you think you are, or how good you were yesterday, or what type of equipment you have today. Or, you know, if you're just starting out, or if you're an old veteran player, you get to decide if there's a way for you to defeat that outpost. Sometimes the smart decision is to pack up your, you know, either this is going to just be too hard or this is like way too hard. Like, I don't have, because like eventually, and you can get these things whenever you want using the same currency, you know, that you get from raiding. I mean, everyone has their own preferred preferred loadout and play style and it's there's not a lot of variance 
between them, possible variants. But you'd be amazed at how these same, more or less, same, you know, 10 tools and their upgrades can be used in powerful combination to create a... Every replay that I watch of anyone who raids my base is tells me so much about that person. It's crazy. <laughs> like, sometimes you see guys who just do not fucking go above a crawl. Sometimes I'm that way. Then you have other people who are like me, who get who can be manipulated into being distracted. They'll look to the one way that they think that you want them to not look, and then they'll flash look to the other way that they know that they need to look, and they'll look upwards and they'll never realize that it's behind them the whole time that it's going to kill them. <laughs> that's how I like to... That's, I love it when people get me. I love it when people get me however they get me, provided that it's not horrendously cheap and derivative. I think... And so that's the whole deal. Is that, you know, you don't have to beat my outpost. In fact, you punish me the most if you die one time in my outpost, and then don't give me any accolades and quit my outpost and then block my outpost from your list. Now, the blocking of the outpost is just for each individual player's list, I think. It's not like a stochastic thing. You can report an outpost, but, you know, I think there's a sense of collegiality to the game, such as it is, (laughs) um, where most players, you know, really respect I really respect it. When I three nights ago, I played the hardest outpost that I've ever fucking seen, and I could not beat it. I mean, this was the fairest, nastiest, most fun, unbelievably difficult outpost that I have ever seen. It was on the highest difficulty level, and it wasn't even a champion outpost. I've done highest difficulty level champion outposts before those are this outpost was a work of genius malevolent genius and so after they said that they fixed everything and I got those you know co-players and then fucking two days have gone by I have not gotten another player the sinking feeling has crept in that they think that they've rebalanced the game and that this is the this is what they meant by rebalancing it. I'm logging in right now, and then we'll get out of here. I know we're over ten minutes, but oh, what, what, how much time do we have? Ivar, ten minutes? Okay. Oh no, Ivor says we still have ten minutes left. All right, here we go. I got the behavior thing and blah blah blah. Press the key, log in progress. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I love this game so much. It's so fucking rad. Outpost summary. Zero outpost. Yet our outpost genetic pool lies empty. No. Oh wait. No one has raided this outpost in forty-eight hours. That's two prestiges. So what? The singing feeling that occurred to me when they posted that yay, happy days are here again, we realized that there was a problem with our matchmaking system. It's now been corrected. Is they are metering the number of deaths. 
per outpost. They are not matchmaking anyone with an outpost that has killed X amount in X amount of time. Which is this is I'm I'm almost positive that's what they're doing. There's no explanation otherwise. Is this six days of this now? And they said they fixed it. These guys are smart developers. This is what they meant by rebalancing the matchmaking. They fixed it, and so they're trying to meter the number of deaths that your outpost can have before it will appear in other players' matchmaking. It's just... If that's what they're... I'm almost positive. It's the only explanation that I can think of other than, you know, they just don't give a fuck and they've... You know, they said, fuck it, whatever. Um, Which doesn't make any sense either. This is a big, this is a big game for a small, for a, a medium, you know, small to... I don't know, it's, a, it's not a big team that worked on this game. But they are very good. Let's look at the discussions. Here we go. This guy actually basically says it. This is Rick the Smug the Smug Lord. I don't know if he's exactly right, but this is the alternate explanation. Here's his post. The reason you're not getting raids is because the low player count compared to release. A game that relies on player interaction, yet the retention is struggling due to varying issues, which in of itself is an issue. That's where I disagree. The less players that are active at building, the less there are for raiding, which becomes a cycle until there is no one left to play. I don't think that's what's happening. I think that's what they're making happen. Because they're trying to nerf the game. They're trying to make it harder for players to get everything that you can possibly have, which is not that much. And does not change the game that much. I can do more with literally two traps and three different um, modifications to them than anyone can, you know, in terms of like a a new player. Um, And I can kill players of all ranks with just my little combinations. I can, you know, you ever see, uh, you ever hear, can't see shuffle? That's when you get them looking like this. And it's actually over here. Snap your neck. Um, the game is available on all platforms. And I think that the developers caved to what I I would say whiny new bitch players 
Let's look at the reviews. I know, we're, we're just kind of fucking talking, I guess, on this episode. Store page. Let's see what people have been saying about. Oh, recent reviews mixed. And that's 216. How since when? 53% of the 216 reviews in the last 30 days are positive. 75% of the 2,266 reviews of this game since release are positive. Mostly positive. But when you get to mixed, developers panic. Let's see what people are saying. I unfortunately cannot rec... Okay, this guy has... This guy has 30 hours. I unfortunately cannot recommend this game because of a single gameplay mechanic which completely ruins it for me. I was enjoying creating things, so I was extremely excited. Game was announced. I love being creative. Yeah, good. And careful and playing. Planning my outpost and traps. I poured countless hours into creating my outpost. I was extremely proud of them. But your outpost lifespan is completely at the mercy of the random number generator. Whether or not the algorithm presents you, presents your outpost to people randomly. And also whether or not people decide to rate it. When was this reviewed? When was this reviewed? This was on April 27th. This was a month ago. And so that's not true because I got tons of raiders on all my other outposts. It's got to be weighted to how fast you kill. It's completely the mercy of uh, randomly people decide to raid it. If you spend 12 hours carefully crafting an outpost and making it look amazing, there's a very realistic chance it'll only get raided a few times and then die without enough prestige points to keep it alive. That's not true, but that's what's happening. Oh, this guy says the updates are coming way too slow. I love the mechanic of bases dying when they reach level 10. Everyone else hates it. This guy exactly represents my opinion of it. And I think what the developers are doing to the game right now is antithetical to this, which is their fucking main vision. Their core vision that holds the fucking thing together. I'll read I'll read this and I'll let you go. This is uh, by... Everyone, a uh, true hero of the people. Robocock. Awesome name. Yeah, it only had 20 hours at the time of the review. When was this posted? April 29th. So this is a month ago, too. This is how I feel every time I play a really, a really good uh, outpost. And you can play fucking, you can beat 15 outposts in an hour. If you're slow, you can be more than that if you're really fast. I realized how good Meet Your Maker is when I caught myself yelling at my PC because how freaking devious some builders are. I hate you all from the very bottom of my heart. Absolutely recommended. It is so good. It brings. I don't think the player numbers are dwindling. Let's take a look. How many players of Meet Your Maker are there on Steam? I wrote you're fired. You should have done all this research earlier. Okay. So the average number 
of players is 235 at any given moment. This is not a multiplayer game. 235 is plenty. The peak number of players in April was around 3,000. The last 30 days, it's around 700 or 650. That's yeah, it's 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 a big decline, but that's what's going to happen, you know, with any game. Let's see. Uh, 50, 50 minutes ago, 111 people are playing. That is more than enough! 1.8 million dollars gross re- revenue. Around 73,000 units sold. Average playtime 44 hours, according to VG Insights. And I think the developers... I think the developers are sabotaging themselves by not staying true to their own idea and I think they're pissing their pants trying to figure out how to rebalance it because I think that they think the problem with the game there is no problem with the game by the way game's a mat it's perfect <coughs> they just don't and this I'll leave you with this thought they refuse to abandon their creation to the jungle to which it was gifted in the first place. It's the bottom line. They're afraid of people building crazy shit that's way too fucking impossible for you know, having an old playing player base who are just chewing up every new guy who comes in and leaving a negative fucking review. That cycle will feed on itself too. You have to dance with the one who brung you. This type of game, Doom 2 and Quake went the opposite way. Quake was a prototypical game that went the opposite way. Linux goes the opposite way. Bring it on. Show us what you got. Make something so unfair that everyone is going to hate you forever and you're going to get a thousand kills you're going to get a hundred kills an hour bring it people don't like it people don't like those maps Fucking, you have the option to abandon the run it's the worst thing you can do to me as a map. but to try to balance players away from effective death traps will absolutely fucking annihilate this game and I will tell you this if they don't fix I already post let me read you what I posted and I'll let you go I know it's like you're it's like uh listening to a drunk maniac go wait that's what that's what's happening oh that's right that's what's happening uh okay I have 134 new comments on my steam fucking all right, two minutes ago. Yeah, okay, so here's what I posted. Same here, across two outposts, I've had four raids in the last 48-ish hours. I hope they fix this because it really hurts the game. I don't have infinite days of my base being available, and yet I spend a ton of time building them. For nothing? 70 hours in the game, and that's the only thing that would really make me want to quit playing. Sigh. 
And then... Yeah, yesterday, person person posted, I was getting more raids before the patch. Such a cool game, but it's a bummer how scarce raids are after the fix. And that's what I think is happening. Now, if this is a temporary thing, it's not going to matter because I'm when I stop playing the game, I'm going to stop playing it for forever. And it's out of early access. It's available on all platforms. This is this would be this is a tragedy. It's like Marauders, but instead of EAC, this is literally the develop. I'm pretty sure it's the developers. I'm gonna Ivor. Yeah, get back in here. Yeah, ten more minutes. No, 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 not ten more minutes. I know we're out of time. Put it in my uh, schedule. I know I don't have a schedule, but put it in there. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And then next week, we will have the real horrible truth of Microsoft. Evil plan for world, literal world domination. And I'm going to do my, I'm going to put on my reporter hat. I'm going to make some calls. I'll catch you next week. That's an hour and a half. Fuck it. Bye. <laughs> I was in the bye-bye from fucking TYD. Now, catch you later. Uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, bolt gun, buggy, but it works. Uh, Me Your Maker is still super fun. I encourage you to fucking buy it. It's I got 70 hours in this game. It's like a $30 game. You know, blah. I, I disagree with everyone, with, with that one guy who said, what are you going to raid when there's nothing good worth raiding? All of the bases I raid are worth it. And it's an endless smorgasbord across... It's it's five... I think it's five different maps across three different difficulty rankings. And if you don't like any of those... Any map individually, you can excise it from the fucking list and you'll never see it again and it will be immediately replaced by uh, just another... I mean, come on. What do you guys want? I think these people are... Some of these people are misguided. But, uh... Undisputed, really coming into its own, and of course, Starship Troopers. We don't know how long or if it will be perfect in perpetuity, and it's still in early access. A little janky on the performance issues, but it is so much fun. It's crazy, mindless, blast them up, fun with sixteen other people, and everyone's got voice comms, and it's just fucking madness. All right, catch you next week. Get the fuck out of here, Ivar. Times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. 
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not about that. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.